Hey everyone, welcome to another Wednesday night on Ludicrous Feed Live. Hope you're all doing well. Uh, my name is Tom. And uh, yeah, looking forward to chatting with all of you once more on the 28th of February, 2024. Wow, we're almost into March. Isn't that incredible? Where has the time gone when you're having fun? All right. Well, uh, let's welcome our regular guests. As always, we have uh, Riz from Godloop. Hello, Riz. How are you this very fine evening? Hey, Tom. Going well? Um, it's warm here in Melbourne. Uh, obviously, I haven't had the same sort of fun day as someone else on the live stream. Um, but, you know, we'll find out about that. And as well as from someone very special that will be joining us soon. Indeed. Very special indeed. Yes, I will talk about the uh, fun I've had today, but not too much. I'm still under media embargo, but I will share a little bit tonight, of course. Uh, our other regular guest, uh, Rahul, sends his apologies. He's got some uh, some friends over from overseas, so uh, uh, shout out to you, Rahul. Hope you're having fun. Uh, hopefully, we'll see you very soon back on the live stream. All right, well, let's say hello to our sponsors, as always. Uh, thank you very much to, of course, Carloop Data to empower Australia's EV revolution. If you want data, Carloop and Riz is who you go to. And Cobra Car Insurance, hope, of you, hope some of you have watched some of my live stream from Monday. We had a chat with Andrew Wong from Cobra. Uh, they're very close to launching an EV-specific car insurance product, so I'm looking forward to seeing that. And, of course, our old friends at Warbox. Thank you, Warbox, for supplying me with my uh, Pulsar Max EV charger in the garage. All right, uh, let's say hello to, uh, of course, our good friend, Elliot Richards. Elliot, welcome to Ludicrous Feed Live. Hello, Tom. It's good to be back again. Hello, Riz. Uh, always a delight to chat with you guys and, and your wonderful audience. And I also want to hear about your very special day. You look a bit tired, so I wonder <laughs> if uh, that had anything to do with it. Oh, no, it's never tiring when you're on the track. Yes, I should probably get straight into it. So this is uh, <laughs> what uh, I had fun with today. So as I said, I'm on media embargo, so I can only share with you that I had a very good day. Uh, thanks to our friends from Hyundai, Australia. There I am on the track next to the Ionic 5N at Sydney Motorsport Park in Eastern Creek in Western Sydney. And oh my goodness, yeah, this is an incredible vehicle, by the way. So yeah, I think this is the next stage in the electric vehicle in the EV revolution. Like we need to see more cars like this because tell you what, uh, yeah, this is an incredible vehicle and it really goes really well around the track. So Stay tuned for my video coming out uh, early March. That's all I can say for now. But yeah, thank you to Hyundai. Had a really, really good day. So thank you very much. All right. Well, let's say hello to some of our regular guests or, and viewers on the stream. So let's see. We've got uh, yeah, John OX. Got a good question here. Um, got an Atto 3 that it can only charge single phase. Is there any benefit in getting a 22 kilowatt three phase cable? Is it better for some charges? John, I think so. I think future proof yourself. Uh, it's not that much more expensive between single and uh, three-phase cables. Uh, so I think it's probably worth carrying one. You never know when the next car might have 22 kilowatt charging. I don't know there aren't many that can do that kind of rate at the moment for AC charging, but I think that's probably a smart investment. Gents, what do you think? Is it worth buying a bit or buying up a little bit uh, for the future? Yeah, go ahead. I think, yeah, like you say, future-proof yourself, then, you know, you won't be worried about it uh, later on. And it's always better to have more options, right? and you never know if you end up at a public charger somewhere um and just in case you want to help someone else out that has forgotten a cable you might want to lend them and if their car can charge at 11 or 22 kilowatts you will be a savior for the day <laughs> oh riz you're always so altruistic very good yeah that's a very good reason to carry one 
I'm, uh, I'm, I'm only talking if my Spectre goes to uh, one of these charges <laughs> and I forget my cable, then, you know, I need, I need, I need your help. <laughs> I thought Jeeves would be carrying one, Riz. Surely Jeeves would be carrying one for you. Uh, look, we got it all happening. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And Mark says, hello. Yeah, very hot night in Melbourne, apparently. 35 degrees Celsius. I think we're getting your heat tomorrow in Sydney. We're going to hit 40 in some parts. So not looking forward to that. Um, hello, Gaffer. Nice to see you, as always. Uh, hello, Paul. Nice to see you as well. Yep, Paul says 40 in Sydney tomorrow. Uh, yep, Steve from Central Coast. Hello, Gene says hello. These are all our members, by the way. So good to see so many members on tonight. Steven says hello. Hello, Anthony. Hello, Scotty. Hello, Tazzy Evie from Showery Hobart. Uh, and yeah, Billy Lid says, Watch out, all you handsome Evie enthusiasts. Uh, women might ask you to marry you tomorrow. Mm. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, I'll fight them off, gents. I think tomorrow. Um, <laughs> And Josh says hello as well. And yeah, Tazzy Evie says, hey there, it's the Stig Tom straight from his high-speed track time with the Ionic N. So we had um, some of the pro drivers out on track with us as well, and I got to do a couple of hot laps with them driving and me holding my camera very still, um, and that was phenomenal. It was just incredible. Uh, what I do you, know um, is that... Sorry. Sorry. How did you feel about driving an electric car around the track? Because I felt, for my first time, I just... I actually felt quite sick because I just I had never experienced that kind of feeling of speed and just instant torque. Because when you drive test drive a car on the road, you you know you put the foot down, you get to kind of test it on the lights. But when you're on a racetrack, you can keep your foot down, mm. and I think that's such a different feeling. It's and you do feel you feel a lot more confident than perhaps you should be. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I, I'll say this: I did feel a bit giddy after the hot laps, and like when I was in, when I was driving, it was okay because obviously you're in control. But when someone else is spinning you around and doing all sorts of things, sorts of things, then yeah, I, I must admit, I, I think I'm not cut out to be a race driver in this life. So I'm happy to do what yeah. I'm doing now, yeah, <laughs> driving around the track. Um, but yeah, driving an EV race car, I would love to see more electric. Well, love to see an electric vehicle racing series you know with a car like this uh, i know we've got the formula e but this was something special it really was yep uh peter says hi from canberra brace yourself for the cavalcade of comcar bmw ix's from canberra and adelaide to melbourne to be props at asean which is the uh i think it's the association of southeast asian nations conference clogging up very every faulty tritium site especially in western <laughs> victoria <laughs> yeah 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 not gonna lie they sometimes are not reliable uh, Rob S says hello from a warm surf coast, and Kangaroo says, "Hey folks, hope you enjoyed the powder blue monster Tom. I did, I really did. That's a beautiful color, by the way. Uh, they come in matte as well. Uh, that Ionic N. That, I think of all the cars I saw today, this color was my favorite. This sky blue color. It's not not too bad. Hundred eleven thousand dollars before on road costs, gents. That's not a terribly expensive car for something that yeah you know, they can go around that quick." This for me is it's kind of a bit of I know we use the word game changer all the time. Every new electric vehicle is a game changer, right? But this this really is because it kind of brings that kind of GTI, you know, Golf GTI hot hatchness to a new market. So you know, the people who would have bought one of those a GTI, if you compare it to this, there's absolutely no comparison, right? This would win hands down every time, and I think the more people we Sorry, we. The more people get influenced by fun cars like this, mm. the better. So good on Hyundai for doing it. 
Yeah, yeah. And, and I guess that, the, you know, the other part of it is there is cars like this coming into the market. Um, MG4 X-Power, um, it is fun, warm hatch sort of territory, but it gives you the thrill. It probably doesn't have the same, let's say, track cred as the as what Tom was behind the wheel of today. Um, but, you know, it, it goes to show what cars can do. A couple of years ago, I drove a Taycan around the track, and mm. it's it's a fun, fast car, but I'm sure this is at another level compared to last generation's Taycan, and it can only get better from here. Yep. Today, this car was doing things I did not think was possible in an EV. Okay, I'll just say this. I forgot I was in an EV at one stage. That's how much fun it was, i got to say. Not that EVs aren't fun, but, like, I mean, on the track, it's something else, right? Um, and, and, the, the number plate there says NDA. Just as a yeah, reminder, yeah. You, are, you are under an NDA, Tom. Yeah, that's right. That's all if this feed suddenly gets cut, you know why, right? I gave away too much. <laughs> Uh, but the other the other car obviously that's eGMP that's fun on the track possibly is the is the Kia EV6 GT. Um, I've only driven that on the road, but I think people were saying this is like, this is the next step up or as it, as it is. Um, I'm also getting the Abarth 500e in a couple of weeks as well. Actually, yeah, probably in a couple of months. So that's something I'm going to look forward to as well. Yeah, good to see more hot hatches on the road for sure. Um, now, this is a good question from William Elliott. Um, have you seen the grid serves electric forecourt in, I think, Braintree in Norwich in the yeah. UK? Yep. Thoughts? Yeah. So, yeah, so Braintree is close to where actually my parents live in the UK, and I got to try it for the first time last summer. Mm. It's, I mean, it's fantastic. I'm, you know, here in China, I'm used to, it's not actually a very good charging experience if you're on the highway. There's a couple of maybe broken chargers or maybe a couple working chargers and a small canopy that's it and you're right at the back of the service station grid service is phenomenal so it's it's got like three different shops in the bottom you can have a coffee you know it's actually a, a destination that you can sit down and have a rest yeah that's the brain tree one there mm. and then upstairs they've got a couple of exercise machines they've got displays of cars they've got people giving test drives of cars but the best thing is there's about 30 chargers there so it's so easy just to put in and you've got different uh, speed of charges. So 50 kilowatt, 150 kilowatt, 20 kilowatt, it's all there. And I just think if you're going to convince people to switch to electric, this is such a better experience. It's better than a petrol station. Mm. Um, I know. I, I, but the weird thing is it's only in the UK at the moment. So is this going to be replicable, replicable outside of the UK? I hope so. I think this would do well in Australia. What do you guys think? Yeah, yeah, I think it would it would happen. Uh, we probably sort of need to hit about ten percent EV uptake, which we're hoping that this is the year, and then it sends the signal to the rest of the more of a global market that hey, we need to make this happen. So yeah, Gridserve, if you're watching, we're waiting. Yeah, I think we'll have to get Elliot to give us some contact details for, for GridSurf, get him on the stream maybe next week. Um, <laughs> but I am heading to the UK in July, so I'm going to try to make my way to Braintree or Norwich. I know Norwich is a bit more out of the way, isn't it? Sort of east of the uh, island. Um, not yes. too far, I guess, for Australian distances. Shouldn't be too bad. No, just next door, really. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, but this is the answer to charger reliability, right? You've got, what, what is it, 30 chargers. So, you know, the turnover is high if it's broken or someone's using it rather than having one or two stalls. So, yeah, this is fantastic. So, yeah, good question. Thanks, William. 
Uh, let's keep going with the comments. Uh, Peter's got a funny one. If you loan a cable, it's like a book. You're not getting it back. Yeah. How many books have I loaned in my life that I haven't got back? Um, hello, Charles. Nice to see you. The um, evening, Tom, Riz, and Elliot. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, Gaffer's done a driver training day on superbikes at the racetrack. Electric superbikes. Imagine that. That'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, Gaffer says, did you see the electric Ford Transit beating the best lap time at Bathurst? The amount of ice whaling at that this week was fun. That would have been fun too. Uh, yeah. Oh, yes, Tazzy Evie, that's true. There's a new grid serving at Gatwick Airport. Yep. That's a good so convenient one. For, for some context, Elliot, V8 supercars are like sort of the number one motorsport sort of, um, mm. well, basically event that we get. And there's races all around the country. And Bathurst, as you probably heard, is a very iconic track. Um, and last week we touched on that this V8 supercar season, the safety car is actually a Taycan. Huh. And for those that are very much into their V8s, because Holden and Ford were all about that when they were manufacturing them here, um, it's not something they want to see. Um, so it's it's a BP Pulse um, safety car, which is the Porsche Taycan. Um, and then obviously, and this happens where they have that Ford thing that comes into the country, does the fastest lap, and it, you know, it's not supposed to happen. No, and I think the thing, you know, it's difficult, right? I I made a bit of a comment at the Everything Electric show, and I I denigrated a V8 engine, but you know, there's there's space for for both, right? I think we all agree that the engineering and technology behind some of these engines is is remarkable, and I think as a kind of small scale activity, that's fine. I mean, no problem. But I think, you know, people driving every day, their utes going to work, those are the cars that we need to change mm -hmm. to electric. Um, and I'm sure there's still space for V8 Bathurst in the future. But, you know, it's good. I mean, it's good that they're poking the stick. I mean, that, that BP Pulse taken car is literally just poking a stick into the wasp's nest and <laughs> seeing what happens. I think it's brilliant. Are they uh, taking the piss? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, oh, that's awful. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> now, look, I, I enjoy motor racing as much as the next person. I like Formula One. Um, so, yeah, I think I think there's definitely room for that in small, closed circuits like that. So, yeah, I think there's definitely room. Um, but they've got the – I think the Titan's also the uh, safety car for Formula E, which is obviously more fitting mm. than the uh, V8s. Mm -hmm. but, I mean, I chatted to a few people on the – track today in fact i was the only ev content creator believe it or not at an ev event uh, they were all murdering journalists <laughs> wow um which was quite funny i thought um and, and yeah the guy who uh, was from city motorsport he admitted to me he wasn't an ev fan but he was shocked by this car he was amazed at how quickly it would go and how much it handled he had to go himself and yeah so these are the kind of people we kind of need to influence and and uh you know and and turn over i guess because yeah it's all fine and good to say it's a great you know evs are great but there's a lot of aspects of vehicles, not just straight line, not just comfort, um, handling, track work. That's, yeah, there are lots of facets to it for sure. If you can convince about... car people... Oh, sorry, Elliot. Yeah, go ahead. If you can convince car people, which is, you know, a lot of the... A lot of EV people that I know, including quite a few of our audience, they are car people, and mm. they know the advantages of sort of what EVs bring into this. And that's that aspirational stuff, the amount of people, thousands of people that would have seen that Ford van or this Taycan 
on for the first time on a track, they wouldn't even know what some of these cars are. And they were because they live in that V8 sort of bubble, like we live in the EV bubble. Um, and for, for them, it would be like, hey, what is this stuff? And they'll start looking at looking into it and researching. And it's probably not as bad as what all the FUD that's out there it's about. Mm-hmm. That's the sort of inspirational stuff we need. And once they see value in it, like, you know, like the guy that was at the track today, Tom, it's they'll tell 10 others about it. And yeah, this is this is really, we're at a pretty interesting pivoting point now where motorsport is starting to make its way into electric cars we may not get formula e but if this you know if v8 supercars start to go a bit more electric um i think the future is pretty exciting Mm. how about 80 kilowatt hour supercars just throwing it out there um correction and apologies to tom baker from chasing cars i mean chasing cars does both ice and evs so i mean my channel is pure evs but uh i don't think there were any pure ev you know many pure ev channels anyway i suppose <laughs> so i feel very privileged to be there so thanks i know um all right well it, well speaking of fast cars uh i want to put this picture of you next to this beautiful looking fast car presumably yeah. fast uh what is this vehicle yeah so this is a, a car i've been following online uh, since it was announced, I think, in late 2022. It's called the SCO1. Car company is called the Sports Car. Small Sports Car is the name of the company. The car is called SCO1, which is Sports Car 01. It's by a young guy, he's about the same age as me, who decided that he wants a pure driving EV sports car for not a lot of money, with no big screen. That is just all about the driving. And I've been following this and I've been updating people on Twitter about, oh, you know, this is coming, you know, get rid. And everyone's been like, don't be so stupid, Ellie. It's just vaporware. You know, it's never going to come to the market. And then in February, just before Chinese New Year, before uh, everything electric show, I went to visit him and I got a full on like tour of the studio, the development cars, like everything. Um, and I've got a video coming out about it tomorrow. So this car is about 1,400 kilos. It's going to cost in China about 25,000 pounds, about 50,000 Australian dollars. What? Uh, it's uncomplicated. It's unfussy. It's just about driving. And he is planning to bring it to overseas markets, including Australia, uh, in the next I don't know, couple of years because uh, he thinks the overseas market will be bigger than the Chinese market. I just like that he's doing something different, going against the grain and doing something that he's passionate about. Uh, and we need more exciting electric cars, not just another SUV, right? Yeah. And I think this is a really good kind of poster car for that. Fifty, So 25,000 pounds, 50,000 Australian dollars. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful looking vehicle. Yeah. It's insane. It's, it's nuts. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's quite comfortable inside and, you know, it's, it's well built and a good quality battery, two motors, but he's not trying to break. And it's not, it's not going to be like 0.8 seconds to 60. It's something like four seconds. That's, you know, more than enough, right? It's not carbon fiber mm. body. It's just normal. Um, and anyway, yeah, it's, for me, it's a really personal project to have a look at, at this is what's going on and, you know, prove the haters wrong so yeah this will come out on my own personal channel tomorrow that is awesome Awesome. um this reminds me of lotus like it's it's basically Mm. you know how lotus has gone all electric with big 
sort of real fast ones like the ones we had at Everything Electric. But this reminds me of that, but what Lotus stood for, which was lightweight, fun cars. They weren't like, you know, hypercar speed, zero to 100 kilometers an hour. This looks very, very cool. Can't wait to check your video out, Elliot. Yes. He mentioned, I mentioned to, it's in the video. I said, you know, is this, is this kind of what Lotus should be doing? He said, yeah, you know, it's, they've gone in a different direction for now, but this is where they should have gone first, really. But there's a vacuum and he's filling it. So, yep. Thanks, Elliot. Yeah. So check out Elliot's personal YouTube channel that will be on, uh, dropping on tomorrow. And you're right, Elliot. It's like we need more fun cars like this, you know, fill another segment of the market, you know, fun roadster, two doors. Yeah, zippy little thing and just a, a great car to have around. So I think we, we know EVs are good SUVs, they're good as straight lines, yeah, but yeah. yeah, something that's fun and spirited, this looks like exactly. the car. Yeah, well, thanks for that. Uh, let's say hello to some more guests and uh, people in the chat. So we have Gaffer saying, uh, Riz, one of the best series we had over the latest years was Coal Miners in Teslas, run by Daniel Bleakley, of course, yes. now riding for the Driven. Uh, Elliot, if you don't know, he uh, he got basically yeah petrol heads in cars, including you know miners as well and tradies, and wow. uh, put them in it. He put them in the in the in a Tesla and drove them around and let them drive and yeah, won them over, which was which was really good. Did he did he win them over most of the time? Well, I think so. The ones I watched <laughs> at least got them thinking anyway. <laughs> yeah, and that's all you can ask for, right? Just exactly just get yeah. people thinking. Yeah, Not the conversation, well, the- right? They're no longer working at coal mines. They're working at lithium mines instead. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Thanks, Sensei, for gifting another membership. Appreciate that. Uh, Josh asks, does that car really go faster than the SEAL performance? No. 3.8. No. Okay. It's all right. Uh, Still looks pretty sexy. And. Mark B, it was so well in Australia as a youth. What? <laughs> Chop the back off. That's funny. Well, I'll let him know because if he gets over there with a youth first, he'll still sell thousands upon thousands of them, right? So True. Yep. Yep. Business out the front, party out the back. Or is it reverse? Yeah. Other way around. <laughs> Too funny. Okay, cool. Let's keep going uh, with some more news. And yeah, it's a we've got a few Tesla articles this week. So let's get into it real quick. So this is yeah, Elliot, this is uh, your part of the world too. So Tesla's going to be joining uh, all three UK shows for everything mm. electric, including the new one in London. Yeah, that's right. And Tesla's always been very much like, you know, we don't really need to join the shows because we sell so many, we don't need to do any advertising. But that's all changed in the last year, right? With the influx of BYD and others coming in, they're like, oh, okay, we actually probably need to put in a bit of effort. So it's great that they're there. I mean, to have the biggest EV company in the world come to our shows is, is fantastic. So, um, but the competition's heating up. Uh, will you be in London? Yes, I should be. Good, good, good. Excellent. All right, that's good. Um, and speaking of Tesla, we've got Scott saying uh, he's uh, into week two of his Tesla Model 3 ownership. My goodness, could not be happier. Congratulations, Scott. Well done. Um. All right, let's keep going with Tesla news. A few articles to get through. So we've got, uh, speaking of Tesla Model 3, the Performance Model 3 has been leaked, according to drive.com.au. So let's have a look. So, yeah, it looks like they deliberately leaked this. It's quite quite obvious. I think they just drove this car around uncovered. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, it looks like a Model 3, but I guess with one difference, they've got that plaid kind of sticker in the back right corner there. 
Ludicrous batch. Mm. Sorry, ludicrous. Quite small um, wheels. Mm. They look a bit small anyway. Yeah, I don't know if they're the regular 20s or not, but yeah, they do look more 19s. Mm. I don't. I mean, for me, I'm struggling to get excited about that car. <laughs> you know, I'm sure it's got great performance. You know, we've got a Model 3 here at home, but it's like, you know, so what? what what's yeah. it really bringing to the table? Yeah, it does come down again to, you know, is it is it a fun drive? I mean, it is, but is it next level fun, right? That's mm. kind of not just for the track, but how's the handling? It's, I know we, we know Tesla do straight line very well. Um, yeah, I guess we'll, it, we'll find out. It's quite interesting, you know. So the my Model 3 I've had for a couple of years, and you take it up the hills, it is pretty, like, you know, pretty good fun with the dual motor and the rest of it, but mm. it is harsher ride. And I wonder what they're going to do with this. They might fix the ride and they might fix the, you know, it's it's really going to be, is it that much more fun, um, you know, or do people start to look at things like the MG4 X-Power or the Ionic 5N um, mm. and those sort of other, maybe MG Cybertra, Cybertruck, you know, those sort of vehicles. Now there's more options than what they were a couple of years ago. Mm. Even the seal performance, right? I mean, I know yeah. it's not as fast as this. Um, you're right. The handling, I mean, sorry, the, the suspension can be quite harsh in a Tesla. They, they did improve it with the new Highland vehicles. Ellie, did you, you've got a new Model 3. Did you find the yeah. suspension a bit better, the, you know, compared to the previous yeah, yeah. generation? Yeah, it's quite a significant leap forwards, I think. Mm. So just, just on this photo, the seats are apparently new. So they're uh-huh. supposed to be more uh, yes. bucket seat-like that hold you around a bit better around the track. Um, and, yeah, I th- it's hard to tell what they're actually going to do. But if we do find out in terms of performance and suspension and how it goes around corners, you'd think Tesla's learned a little bit from the Plaid program, which is, you know, I've seen videos of, you know, journalists like Rory in the U.K., and he got uh, his hands off um, a Model S Plaid with the track pack. And you can just turn that car into a Ford Focus RS with full front-wheel drive or make it sort of, you know, go around a track like a BMW M3 performance. Mm-hmm. So if if that's the sort of stuff they can do with software and integrated with hardware in a vehicle like this, um, I think it's going to be quite a fun car. But I sort of also agree with you, Elliot. It's not something like photos and stuff. It doesn't really put anything exciting out there when you've got so many choices in China now. Mm. Affordable too. Mm. Um, just back to the Ionic 5 and yeah, very granular and options. You can make this car whatever you want. Track, drag, just going to Macca's drive-through. It's um, it's incredible. So you're right, Riz. It's all software. It's all fake. It's all EV. But still, I mean, it's limitless, <laughs> right? What you want to do with it. And the sounds, oh, it sounds good. I always, I'll say no more. Might get cut. Um, now, <laughs> we've got uh, we've got Peter Cook saying, speaking of performance, uh, Elon had a fun oh. series of X posts a few hours ago. I might share this actually. Um, talking about this new 2024 Roadster. Where's the 2020 Roadster, Elon? Um, zero to 60 miles per hour in less than one second. I mean, that's stupidly quick. Who needs that kind of speed? 
well that that's it right and that that's what a lot of the chinese automakers have fallen into is the trap of creating headlines to to generate buzz and get people talking about them but who yet yeah, like you say who needs less than one second who needs less than four seconds really because i i know i've been in three second cars and four second cars it doesn't feel any different they both feel exceptionally fast it's a race to what catapultingly quick we see uh saw your wedding yourself here and uh yeah targeting zero to 60 in less than one uh and that's the least interesting part so i don't know maybe it's a bit more than straight line racing i don't know we'll see what elon comes up look (laughs) it's uh it's going to be quite interesting to see what it does i mean i feel sorry for some of the early foundation series order holders that put down 250,000 US dollars back in 2017. I, I'm not sure if Marcus Brownlee, the YouTuber, still has his original foundation series sort of 250 grand put down on it. Um, he's recently moved away from our plaid into a, a 911 <laughs> as a daily. Um, but you know, hope maybe this is the car that gets him back into it. But yeah, you would nobody needs those sort of speeds. No. Now, speaking of celebrities and their dailies, uh, Riz, we've got Jay Z and Beyonce taking Look, delivery of a new Cybertruck. Matt we Black, can't, we, we can't say <laughs> it's reaction. We, 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 we can't say that. Uh, I didn't mention it for a while now that this is going to be the new this is going to be the new escalade in america where basically every rapper would want one um who have we seen now we've got jay-z here uh obviously you know beyonce um we've had pharrell williams we've had snoop dogg request one um and multiple others including i think the last i heard and i don't think uh you know i mean tesla's getting free publicity off the back of this Kim Kardashian, um, and <laughs> just just don't know. Everyone wants one, apparently. Surely, and you, you should see some of the comments on these threads because people are saying things like, surely Jay-Z wasn't before me in ordering this car. So somehow. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Wait, what, what was his order number? Come on, I'm sure I was first. <laughs> well, yeah, the kind of people who can put 250 out of the blue like that, as Charles says, aren't the kind of people who I feel sorry for. Well, this is it. I mean, Jay Z's got ninety nine problems, but a Cybertruck ain't one. Elliot, <laughs> uh, um, your genuine thoughts on this? Yeah, so I don't, I can't stand this car. I think it's stupid. It's <laughs> typically, I hope there's no Americans here, but it's typically American, right? Big, brash, unnecessary. Um, but this truck will probably have an important message, or it will send an important message that is. An electric truck is a, a vehicle to desire. And that, okay, you can't afford a Cybertruck, but you can get into F-150 Lightning. And it's like how the Prius, the um, Toyota Prius or Prius, all those years ago, 20 years ago, all the celebrities bought those. And then everyone else bought them as well because it was seen as the, the thing to do. And the same with the Tesla you know, Roadster. It's, a, it's kind of a... Aspirational aspirational and that that's a good thing if they make more electric cars aspirational then i'm all for that mm. yeah i mean how many how many pre-orders are there like more close to a mil no they they reckon there's about around about 
two million reservations. Oh, That's sorry. Wow. just the number they've been throwing around. That's not Tesla mm. themselves. There's unofficial trackers and the rest of it. But last we heard that they've pretty much closed off the amount of orders, the actual orders they have. They reckon 2024's production is sold out. Yeah. I mean, how many of those two mil are going to be fulfilled, honestly? Like, realistically, 1%? Maybe 500 grand, 500,000. There, oh. there is quite a quite a bit of demand of this, and I think they're starting deliveries in Canada soon as well. Um, and I, I guess part of this, as you were sort of touching on earlier, Elliot, that if this sort of car inspires people to do certain things, like at least look at electric cars in a different way, um, yeah, they may buy a Rivian, they may buy a lot of these people don't even want a ute or don't even want a truck. They're just getting it because it looks like what it does. Um, Here we see one towing a five-ton caravan, so it can do the job, there's no doubt about it. 12 meters, and this guy, that the guy that actually is towing this is an RV dealer. <laughs> so he's saying, I'm used to towing this sort of stuff, and he said he cannot believe how easy it it is to tow and when he's driving at the speeds that he would normally do with this big brick behind him he can't believe how stable the truck is it feels like he's towing nothing Mm. so who knows how many people that inspires but won't Mm. definitely won't inspire our previous prime minister scott morrison Mm. who basically since this has come out he's resigned this week he's Mm. leaving parliament He's because gone. he famously yeah. said that his wow. EVs can't tow. Mm. Yep. It'll ruin your weekend too, or to that effect. Um, yeah, I mean, what I'm interested to see is whether this will make its way out of North America, so out of Canada and the US. That'll be interesting. Yeah. Anyway, we'll watch and see what happens. Uh, just staying a bit closer to home about Tesla, uh, they're offering free transfers of FSD and unlimited free supercharging in Australia from your current Tesla to any new order delivered between 19th of Feb uh, to 31st of March. So you've got months to transfer your FSD out of your vehicle. And also, uh, our good friend Nash, um, Tesla fan number one in Australia, uh, has posted Cybertruck reservation. Oh, yeah, back on Cybertruck. So if you're a Cybertruck reservation holder in Australia, you can actually get a Model Y or Model 3 for a $1,500 discount. Now, what's curious, Riz and Elliot, is that last time... Tesla offered a similar discount like this was for the Model S and X when it was no longer being produced for right-hand drive markets. So is this, at the risk of being very unpopular right now, is this the death of the Cybertruck in Australia? Could be. No? Oh. <laughs> Could be. Oh, it, feels, okay. it feels like a US-only vehicle, to yeah. be honest. Well, I hope it stays there as well. Riz agreed. You got a reservation, right? Well, I do, and the fifteen hundred dollars is uh, not enticing enough, and the oh. prices of used Teslas have dropped by tens of thousands. So, um, yeah, no, it's it's whether look, I'm not sure. We're still waiting on Sandy Monroe and others to tear one down and actually see what the steer by wire technology is like. Does that actually mean what we think it does? Which means the steering wheel can be on either side it's just controlled by electronics um who knows it probably you know uh, elliot we're seeing this disturbing trend in australia 
I, th- I think we sort of touched on it on the panel that we were on that these larger vehicles are making their way into Australia. So the Ford F-150 ICE trucks, we have Dodge Rams have been around. Um, we've even getting a Toyota Tundras out of the US now. So if this continues, then who knows? Clearly, there's, there is an appetite for larger vehicles, but we can't keep getting, you know, those vehicles that have been fined like the Rams with Cummins engines, you know, diesel gate times three. Um, so, yeah, something's got to change. And, yeah, we can't have large vehicles, but then it's like the Cybertruck, Still, if there's a smaller version of that, then it's okay. But apart from that, they are very large. Mm. Yeah, no, it is concerning. Um, but, you know, tax incentives here in Australia for Utes, um, that's probably why there's so many of them. So it probably will take a policy direction change for the for that to change, I would think. Now, one thing we do love about Tesla is, of course, their charging network. Um that's, uh, that's why people buy Teslas. That's why I recommend them, because they're easy to charge on the road. And we were seeing six more coming to Orange. Now, Elliot, Orange is actually quite a big regional center in central New South Wales, so I'm glad they're putting six stalls here. I don't think it'll be a grid-serve-type setup, but that's okay. Six is better than nothing on the road out west. And this is, now the- this is, a, this is also about um, kind of making people aware of what's going on. You know, a lot of people in Orange... We'll look at these and think, oh, I've got charges here. That's that's good. That means I've got that option, you know. <laughs> Very little steps, which eventually convinces people to to switch, I think. Yeah. And, and I think this was first reported on, what is it, Central Western Daily. Mm. And it's one of those news publications where you need to pay to have yeah. access. It's got a paywall. But you can access the comments so I scrolled down and I had a look at the comments when this was posted. And I think the first two were something along the lines of the council better not have funded these sites because we don't want taxpayer money to go. To, it was something like that. Here we go. Orange City Council says it plans to build additional fast charges, question mark, not with rate payers money, I hope. Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Thanks, Brett. <laughs> And Helen goes on to say the same thing. Helen's agreeing. Yeah, that's right. <sighs> but Matthew says they are the future. So thanks, Matthew. That's <laughs> <laughs> something. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, I, what's interesting too, Riz and Elliot, is that these are actually in V4 casing. Now, they're good because V4s have got the longer cable for non-Tesla EV charging. Now, whether they're actually V4 or just V3 in, in V4 disguise, oh. I don't know. Because Albury's got 16 V4 casings. It, which, but they're actually V3 chargers. So curious. Hmm. Future proofing, yeah. maybe? Yeah. These are funded by the New South Wales government as well, or co funded by the New South mm. Wales government, who we've had on, on the show before. Dave Maleki and his mm. team are involved, sort of, with co funding those charging sites. Um, so, as part of those, there is a requirement from what I can gather that these not only have to work with non Teslas. But also, I'm not sure how stringent they are on this, but eventually maybe credit card payments mm-hmm. because V4s that we've seen in the UK, Elliot, they, you can use tap and pay. Um, and, and curiously, just what happens in China? How do people pay for fast charges along the highways? Yeah, so because we don't have any 
um, real bank cards or cash here anymore. It's all done on the phone. So Alipay or WeChat Pay, those are our two biggest apps. And that's what Elon Musk is trying to make X, trying to make it like WeChat. So we just scan a QR code on that um, on that charger and it just starts straight away. You just click accept and then it takes the money from your account. Very, very easy. That's great. Cool. Yep. Yeah, meet the market, right? What's easier for the people to pay with? Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, let's take a quick break and thank our sponsors at this point. Uh, thank you to Carloop to empower Australia's EV revolution with data. Thank you, Riz. Uh, thank you, Cobra Car Insurance. Next month, we're going to see the launch of their ground up EV insurance product. Uh, thank you, Warbox, as always, for char- uh, for sponsoring the channel. And uh, yeah, let's take some comments now. Thank you very much to Sensei and Jez uh, gifting some memberships here. So Jez has gifted five Ludicrous Feed memberships. You get uh, early access to my videos, uh, if you remember, and you get access to uh, my little stickers too. And a nice little icon next to your name. So lots of benefits. Um, oh, Andrew's first week with the SEAL and first EV OMG, what a car. Well done, Andrew. It's a great, great vehicle. Couldn't agree more. Um, Oscrema says that orange charger is next to a shopping center. That seems to be the go in Australia, either in a shopping center car park or very close to one. Uh, why why reinvent the wheel, so to speak? You've got shopping centers with amenities everywhere. Um, and Oscrema says a lot of people in Canberra have been waiting for more charging in orange before they get an EV. Okay, there must be people going from Canberra to orange. I didn't realize that was a, a popular spot for Canberrans. Um, and EQB Electric Vehicle says there is a good discussion thread on the Tesla Australia forum on the S-curve. Basically, any country which cracks 5% EV sales follows Norway to 85% very accurately over 10 years or so. Wow. Riz, do you agree with this, the data man? Well, I think it's um, it's quite unique, and we might actually see a faster uptake in Australia because of the dynamics of what's going on in China at the moment with a big push to get a lot of the larger manufacturers to go to export markets um, and make a bit more money selling every car than you would in a very competitive market. So, you know, we've got the main man, Elliot, on. He's um, He knows what's going on on the ground, and I think it's going to happen. Um, so, yeah, it will be quicker than Norway because we have way more vehicles available, and we've got China on our side. Elliot, have you been to Norway or Scandinavia recently? No, I haven't. I haven't. I've never been, okay. unfortunately. Um, yeah. But I mean, yeah, I, I think Riz is exactly right. As soon as you get some momentum behind you, and I think Australia will because of because of China, mm. right? And as soon as you can get more cars into the market at affordable prices, it will mm. take much less than 10 years. Good. Let's hope so. Uh, Tazzy EB says, Europe has done the same through V4 satellites with V3 power cabinets. Cool. And Kangaroo Island agrees. V4 casing, only 250 kilowatts like Albury, probably. People on Kangaroo Island have the same ignorance about RAA on 50 kilowatt charger here as well. Uh, Terry asks about the Geely Radar R6. Yep, we've talked about that previously on the channel. Yep. Um, and yeah, Ross, I don't think there's been any uh, imp- uh, any updates on BYD charging at Tesla no. superchargers at the moment, unfortunately. Nothing that I'm aware of. And mm. it'd be interesting to see. So, Elliot, just a bit of context. BYD Auto 3s and BYD Seals do not charge at Tesla V3 superchargers. And that is a problem that's also existing in Europe as well. Um, it From the investigation that I've tried to do with BYD here in Australia, 
they believe it's a hardware issue mm. um, and they're not sure whether it would be fixed in the 2024 build cars from the factory. That seems odd because mm. I'm sure they can do it here in China, the BYDs on Tesla chargers. So I don't, at the end, of, the only difference here is we've got a different plug, right? Mm. The GMB, isn't it? What's it called? GB GB slash yeah. T, I think it is. Something yeah. like that. Which makes me wonder whether they've been shafting us with old tech. You know, because the only the BYD seal can only charge at seven kilowatts in Australia, whereas it's eleven kilowatts in Europe and China. Huh. So I'm hoping I'm getting a three month service pretty soon. I'm gonna gonna grill them about it and ask what's going on. Yeah. Where's my eleven kilowatt charger? Um Thanks uh, to audience who's been uh, updating us with some charges being installed. So John OX is saying Monash Uni in Clayton in Melbourne installed eight Kempower chargers. That's great to see. Uh, seven CCS, one Chatamo. That's that's a good ratio. More more CCS than Chatamo. And oh, 17 Type 2s. Wow. It's good. Park there longer. Um, and also, what have we got here? Morlong's got some. Approval for Tesla chargers. Good. Um. Well, apparently, there's a fi- oh, okay, right. Buy Tesla. Yeah, okay. I suppose you could. <laughs> um. Apparently, Stephen says yes, you can. No, no, you can charge at a Tesla charger with a dolphin. I think Robin Jules yeah, on the show has yeah confirmed that. So yeah, seems to be a seal issue. Um. Okay, let's keep going with the more news. So yeah, just a segue from Gaffer saying fifty percent price drop in the batteries this year. I'll just pop this one up here. Um. So one of our viewers also talked about that as well. What have we got here? Uh, yeah, so world's largest battery maker cattle, or CATO, will cut battery costs by 50% in 2024. So a price of 60 kilowatt hour battery could fall from six grand to just three grand in only 12 months. That's pretty good. Um, I think, and, that, and that's talking, I think that's referring to lithium batteries. Now, if you take sodium batteries, which had just come onto the market with JAC, one of the another automaker, uh, they just shipped five thousand JAC cars to South America with sodium batteries. Now, if they can half the price of those, then it's going to be way cheaper than ICE cars. Like that's that's the real tipping point when when they sort out the sodium batteries. Mm. That's that's good. <laughs> and not to mention the um, uh, Shenzhen battery, right? Can charge four hundred kilometers in like ten minutes, like that. That's again game changer. There's that term. <laughs> yeah, there you go. The, the on this this Friday, the Li Li Shang Mega. Uh, yeah. It's a massive MPV. It's over five meters long. It's it's kind of like a cyber truck, but smoother. Seven seats. Going to be horrifically expensive. Um, but that has, I think, the fastest charging that we've ever seen. So, I think it's up to. I can't remember the speed, but it what it was something like eleven percent to eighty percent in eleven minutes. Something stupid like that. I think peak charging speeds around five hundred and twenty kilowatts. That's right. It, I remember it began with five. So that's stupid. Yeah. Wow, that's so quick. I uh, just want to quickly just shout out to Rahul now. Since Rahul's uh, away, he's with family and friends this evening, so he sends his apologies. We'll hopefully, be back next week. He has been promoted to executive producer on our show. Yes, that's right. <laughs> um. Yeah, so Charles is saying some particular vehicles needed you to hold the plug into the car for 30 seconds for the handshake. Um, yes, it does. It's annoying. It's um, so the particular brand, which, yeah, Tritium. Um, you got to hold it 
upright, which is crazy. Um, Peter Cook says, sodium ion batteries are good in cold climate, LFP in warmer climate, similar cost, similar performance, horses for courses. Yep. How's saying, yeah, top out at 50 degrees Celsius as well. Hmm. Okay, cool. Speaking of charging, let's quickly move on to uh, some more news closer to home. So ChargeFox, one of our big providers here in Australia. Um, is that a picture of Rob, Riz? That looks like Rob. It is, it is Rob. Yeah. It is Rob. Okay, Rob Asselman from ChargeFox. Uh, he's been on the show. We're excited to announce a new feature on our mobile app. You can now give us a rating for every charge session you experience. A social credit rating, maybe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how's ChargeFox doing? Yes, that could produce some interesting results. Um, yeah, I think I think Tesla can you can rate on the experience as well, but that's that's good. At least they're engaging with the uh, community. Mm. Very important. Do you guys not have the um, overall kind of charging map with all the different brands on one um, app, like PlugShare? Yeah, maybe PlugShare something like that. Yeah, because mm. I think in the UK it's App Map. That's oh. it, App Map. Yeah. Yeah, it's the plug share is sort of our equivalent, but it's not as well managed as ZapMap because ZapMap is quite well managed. I think they get quite a bit of support from the UK government and I think UK government might be buying data from them as well. So it's a more of a better commercial enterprise than what PlugShare is. PlugShare is basically a US app where we have by default gone to um, but PlugShare doesn't really care about much apart from selling advertising on there. So, yeah, slightly different, but yeah. There's a gap in the market there. there That's is. right. Absolutely. Yeah. There's kind of no accountability with PlugShare. It's kind of, yeah, just a meeting place mm-hmm. really. But, yeah, there needs to be some accountability for sure. Um, just back to charging. So Australian startup company New Vault plans to build an electric truck charging network across Australia over the coming decade. Interesting. What are we doing here? So 14 plus sites in the next few years for phase one. And then yeah, they're long timelines, you know, 2040. I'll be a very old man by then. 60 plus sites. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that's a start, I guess. Um, and yeah, let's let's do Toyota Watch uh, 53 minutes in. So Toyota <laughs> is finally launching their... Uh, uh, well, it's not a new product. It's been out for a while overseas, right? Uh, but they're finally launching their BZ4X electric SUV, which is basically the Subaru Subterra with a Toyota badging. In this country, how much are we talking? 66000 before on-roads. Yikes, that's not cheap. Well, you know what's happened here. Subaru launched the Solterra in December with the pricing, and it was 70, 74000 or something like that. Anyway, they've come out last week and they've cut that price by about eight grand before the customers have even taken deliveries of the Solterra. So now Toyota comes out and says, now we know what the market pricing is because we don't want to look like idiots. <laughs> um, and when I, when I was writing that article about the Solterra, I'm like, BZ4X will be priced at exactly the same as the Solterra. And that's what they've done. They've used, they've used Subaru as a scapegoat and now bought this out. But previously, for your information, Elliot, one of the very outspoken sales manager of Toyota Australia, who openly tells people that EVs are, you know, so far away and we need to give people other options, um, 
He's previously come out and said, we will only bring 1,500 of these into the country in 2024. And basically basically saying you're not going to get any. So it's um, And now it's the same person that says, we really think EVs are the future as part of this press release. So basically, whatever you pay him, whatever the flavor of the day is, what he's going to spit out. I mean, it, his comments match Akio Toyoda's same like sentiments, right? He's, you know, the head of Toyota in Japan and he's saying, you know, only going to have 30% of, of EVs, you know, in the world. There's going to be a mix of solutions. And why even bother bringing 1,500? Just don't bother. Like, if you don't really want to sell them, don't sell them. Just we buy Teslas instead. Yeah, well, they want to bring it out so they can say, look, it doesn't sell, right? We've reduced yeah. the price, 1,500. It's not many. It's still not selling. They're dead in the but, water. But what they've done, actually, with the way they've communicated, people believe it. There's people mm. I've spoken to. I said, oh, you know, electric cars, you know, they see me driving in and out with them. And they asked me the question of, you know, when should I get one? And I said, well, you should think about one today. There's a few options. I'm waiting for Toyota to bring theirs because they're waiting for ev- to take all the kinks out that Tesla and everyone has in their cars. And what they're going to bring out is going to be pretty much perfect. So that's what I'm waiting for. I think so Toyota's the, doing their solid state battery, right? That's their perfect car. Yawn. Yeah. 2027, and it's being um, developed by a petroleum company. Mm. <laughs> Never going to happen. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's Toyota Watch for this week, everyone. <laughs> Let's keep watching next week. Yeah, John OX, I agree. What's the deal with Toyota? Even ISO hybrids are always out of stock. There's a 12 to 18 month waiting list for RAV4 hybrids. Yeah, there really is. Well, you can't say they don't know their customers because they do know that if they create enough of a bottleneck and supply locks that people will, you know, wait for it. The only part that's slightly challenging for them is now the leasing companies in Australia are ringing up their customers who are waiting for a RAV4 saying, hey, you can get an electric car BYD Auto 3 tomorrow. Mm. So people are starting to think about that. And there is some very favorable tax benefits in Australia at the moment, Elliot, that allow you to purchase an electric car. You don't pay fringe benefit tax if you buy an electric vehicle under a certain value. And it makes leasing so much cheaper. Like you can lease like a BYD Auto 3 or even more expensive cars like a Model Y cheaper than you can lease a RAV4, which is a much cheaper car. That's really good. Yep. All right. We'll see what happens. Uh, now we've got uh, our viewers uh, tagging us on social media when they see cars like this. I think Tazzy EVs in the chat tonight. So. Uh, spotting an MG5 shooting brake, I think this is. Uh, Riz, you reply to that. So, yeah, this looks like that's what it is uh, being tested. Interesting. And I'm actually double-guessing myself. It might be oh. the new MG3 oh. that th- has been launched at Geneva. Yeah. I think you might be right. I, is there any need for the MG5 coming out here? Oh, sorry, in Australia? Um, I think they do want to bring another electric car into the market. And given I think they're making one for the UK, it might. But, yeah, I think that now it's been unveiled at Geneva Auto Show in the last 24 hours. I think the rear looks like a 
MG3, and it's a hybrid. Mm. Mm. I was going to say, it looks a bit tall for a, a, an estate or a wagon. So you might be right, Riz. could be a if smaller type people. If it's hybrid, you might be able to look at the picture and zoom in and see if there's an exhaust at the back. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure I can zoom in. I'll try. No, not anything. Yeah, we know BYD is bringing out their CLU hybrid, which I'm not going to review on the channel, just out of principle. So no, they're BYD. I, I've, you know, it's, it's difficult with BYD because they're, you know, they're doing so well in EVs, but they're still continuing on this hybrid path. I mean, people still buy them. It's a good gateway into EVs, but why bring why bring that to Australia? Mm. I just don't understand it. And in Europe. Unfair. In Europe, they're taking the electric CLU. So mm. Ireland and everyone else is going to get the electric CLU and we will get the plug-in hybrid one. So I, I guess we'll see. Maybe, like you said, maybe it's a gateway drug. We're going to get something <laughs> fully electric soon after. <laughs> gateway drug. Someone, um, someone somewhere is running a consultancy who has been speaking to BYD and MG and they said, yeah, we still need hybrids in Australia. Definitely. You're going to sell hundreds of thousands. Yeah. And they've all gone and said, oh, okay, we'll send them to Australia then. <laughs> well, we know the local distributor is now owned. Well, it's owned a lot by Eagers, right, Riz? Eagers uh, owns the rights yeah, now pretty much. Eagers is a big dealership group, and they basically mm. own a major chunk of the distributor, local distributor we have here in Australia. Um, Having said that, um, I think, Elliot, you might have seen reports last year, BYD sold 3 million cars. Reports now suggest they want to sell 4 or 4.2 million cars in 2024. And the mix that they saw, the report suggests is 2 million battery electric vehicles and 2.2 million plug-in hybrids. I don't know. Mm. Mm. And I know. Uh, it's a bit funny because uh, I remember there's a big announcement BYD. We're not doing ICE engines anymore. We've yeah. stopped doing ICE engines. I'm like, well, what about your hybrids? They still yeah. have ICE engines, don't they? It, it's just a bit of a, uh, yeah, it just annoys me a bit. Yeah. yeah the bottom line's the bottom line, unfortunately. Mm. Um, now, this is the INEOS Fusilier. Uh, I've never heard yeah. of this car before. This was, um, this is a guy, uh, something, Jim Radcliffe. He's quite famous in the UK. He's very wealthy. And he was upset at the demise of the old Land Rover Defender. Mm. He said, well, I'm going to build a new one. And he just went to France and started building a new ICE uh, Land Rover Defender. They're about £70,000, maybe 140000 Australian. Um, and so he's built, built the first one. I think it's called a Grenadier. Good-looking yeah. thing. It's very practical. And now he's like, well, this is our second car, and this is going to be both, I think, EV and Fev or EV and ICE. I can't remember. Um, yeah, it might be both zero emissions, all electric, and a low emission range range extender mm. electric, which is Fev. I would have thought. Okay, yeah, it's very defender like. Yep. Again, another segment of the market need to fill and convince people of. So yeah, horses for the SUV. <laughs> no, this is more rugged. This is a rugged SUV. Oh, sorry, sorry. This is a rugged <laughs> SUV. <laughs> you can take these off-road, apparently. Oh, Maybe. I don't know. Um, okay. We'll keep an eye on that one for that one. And, yeah, okay. Well, speaking of uh, brands to watch out for, Hi-Fi or Hi-Fi. Uh, firm have, says only three months window left to keep running. Mm. 
it's sad really. yeah yeah it's, it's a real shame they um they had a strong start this was their first car the hi-fi x completely bonkers like bringing something new into the ev game uh, there's too much technology inside to go wrong but good design well built seven seats you know really really good but they were just in that premium se- segment so whilst they were the best-selling premium car in china they still only sold about 1500 units a month ah. um and after a while that just doesn't cut it and they've just burnt through all their money and they don't have the sales they say they've got three months left but they won't be coming back i think it's very mm-hmm. unlikely mm. That's still more than Toyota, fifteen hundred. <laughs> that is true. That is very true. Yeah, and Polestar in China, apparently. Yeah, apparently, yeah, they're just over a thousand. Yeah. Um. So, is this sort of like, you know, people have uh, sort of quoted Elon Musk before saying that sometimes he wishes he that he hadn't really made the Model X because of how complicated it was for its time. And maybe this is China's equivalent of a Model X. The only thing is Tesla was able to produce the Model 3 and Y afterwards. Mm. Yeah, I think it was because it was a big halo car for them. Very expensive, you know, you know, massive and, you know, made a big statement. But then their next car, the Hi-Fi Z, was even more bonkers than this. I mean, it's fa- absolutely fantastic. It looks like a Nissan GTR, it, ridiculously fast. It's so, so cool. But it's like, well... That's a very niche market. Yeah. Who's, who's going to want that one? And so they're like, oh, okay, we'll, we'll build a cheaper cheaper car. But then they brought out the Y, I think it was late last year, but it was too watered down. People are like, it's not crazy enough. It's like Lamborghini making a, a Ford Fiesta. It's like, well, I don't want that. And at the end of the day, well, look what happens, right? They That Model Y, sorry, not Model Y, Hi-Fi Y, it yep. came out, I think, in about September last year what six months later the whole company's gone bust so yeah and we, we knew this was always all the cards right there's so many ev startups yeah. in china they're all going to be consolidated or go bust over time Correct. and we're seeing the start of it unfortunately yeah this is just the start of what will be many many more coming in, mm. in the next few years uh look at this so byd yang wang just on the side here launches u9 oh. electric 233 yes. grand US and then BYD's initial plan for sales target formula. We're just talking about this too. So that's confirming our uh, our thoughts. Uh, just say hello to our audience quickly. So thanks, Paul. Yep. Going radio silent, driving to Canberra. Safe journey. Sensei asks, uh, price guesses for the real dro- sorry, right-hand drive um, performance model 3 plaid drive away in Australia. I'm thinking at least 100k risk. Yeah. Surely. Yep. That's before FSD and whatnot. Uh, good question from Nick. Did ice car manufacturers, I guess, in the mid-20th century go through this boom-bust cycle? Maybe there used to be more ice manufacturers than there are now. I'm sure there would have been. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, I think if you look in about the 20s and 30s, there were hundreds of auto manufacturers, like all loads of strange names. It's, they went through exactly the same thing, but I think it was over a more protracted time period. Um, but yeah, I mean, even in you know the US, a lot of of those old brands have gone bust, Packard, you know, they've, they've all gone through this consolidation phase. I just think with China, it's going through a much more accelerated China speed <laughs> consolidation. Yes. Yeah, like this legacy horse cart makers all started making ice cars. Very few survived. Sound familiar. Mm. Yeah, you can't say Wang Yang in Oz. Oh, look, I'm sure, I'm sure we'll be the call it something else, surely, in the Western market like ours. 
This is um, BYD. They they're not they're not very conventional with their names, so don't be surprised yeah. if they bring the Yang Wang <laughs> to overseas markets. Hey, whatever sells, hey. <laughs> um, almost at the end of our show, we've got uh, some quick stories to talk about. So um, the first glimpse of the Renault UK Renault, sorry Renault Five E Tech, twenty five thousand pounds with a baguette holder. <laughs> I think it's brilliant. It's exactly what the European market needs. I'm glad it's not a Chinese manufacturer. I'm sure there's a lot of Chinese tech in it, but yeah, fantastic. I think it's a bit annoying because that baguette holder is a pointless little basket and everyone's been talking about that. So I want to talk about the rest of the car. I don't care about the <laughs> yeah. stupid baguette basket. Um, I think overall, this is a car that the market needs and I think it should do very, very well. In terms of sizing, what are we talking here? Is it uh, MG sized? Little hatch? It's nine four, sorry. I think it's nine centimeters smaller than an existing Renault Clio. Hmm. Okay. I don't know if you guys have Renault Clears in Australia. It's sort but... of Volkswagen Polo yeah. sort of size. Um, yeah, I fully agree sort of that we need a car like this. Um, I guess the challenge is going to be for Renault whether they can make enough of them. Hmm. And the boss of Stellantis last week sort of said, hey, maybe we need to take an Airbus sort of an approach in Europe and get a couple of different companies, Volkswagen and others, to join forces to create an affordable electric car, sort of what they did with Airbus back in the day. Um, And every government in Europe should pour their money into this venture. Otherwise, I think what they're basically saying is China is here. Mm-hmm. And we are years behind. And if we don't do anything now, then in a year or two's time, there will be BYD dolphin minis or seagulls running around everywhere. Mm. And in the US too, like as we talked about last week, is you know they're making their way in the CATL people through you and, know, third shelf companies and so on. Yeah, finding a way happening. in. Yep. Uh, speaking of the US. Uh, Lucid losing money, $377,000 to be precise for every vehicle they delivered in quarter four, 2023. That's a heck of a lot of, heck of, a lot of money. Um, now, there was a, I think this news story is all right, but Elon Musk's comment mm. or reply to this I saw that. was funnier. If it's around somewhere, I don't know if you can find it, but it was basically something along the lines of if Lucid's Saudi sugar daddy stops putting money into this company, it would already be bankrupt. <laughs> yeah, some uh, some big backers there, I'm sure. Yeah, not surprisingly. Yeah, their their balance sheet doesn't look very good. Um, down year on year now, and net loss six hundred thirty six million US dollars. It's a lot, almost, of, a lot of loss. Almost exactly the same as HiFi. Say. <laughs> too too expensive, too high end, too niche. Mm. losing money on every vehicle it's just unfortunately it's a matter of time i think yeah i mean look they're beautiful cars but yeah it's not sustainable unfortunately um another loss leader is rivian so losing forty three thousand small scale um that they delivered in quarter four so even more than quarter three which is thirty thousand so they lost hundred twenty four thousand dollars per vehicle in quarter four 2022 so number is getting smaller but still losing money Again, beautiful-looking vehicles. Um, I, I personally would rather have this car over the Cybertruck. 
it's my opinion. But, oh yeah. yeah, I sat in one of these in the fully charged show in the UK. It's such a beautiful vehicle, and I don't like trucks, but it's just <laughs> I just wanted a truck. <laughs> I, I, hope, I hope they survive. I think they will. I mean, that's a, it's a relatively small number to lose on each vehicle, and I know mm-hmm. people like Neo are losing things like that. If they don't, um, if they don't survive, they'll be bought by someone else for sure. Well, yeah, exactly. Like, I think someone that wants to make a good truck, I think Hyundai's got plenty of money. Um, BYD. <laughs> yeah, BYD. Yep. Well, they're backed by Amazon, as John X says, so they've got deep pockets for sure. And they're about to yeah. launch the new platform, I think, next week on the 7th of March. Yes, R2. Yeah. Yeah. Smaller one. Yeah. Yeah. This could be... um. This could be a very good way in for a Chinese company into the US market. So mm-hmm. say, for example, BYD bought Rivian. They instantly have loads of good trucks. They can, you know, make the make the costs work. And then they can introduce all their other cars into the market under the Rivian brand. Then they can't really say, oh, it's Chinese. It's it doesn't, doesn't even right. have to be. It just has to, they just have to rename it to Big Wang. And they're in. <laughs> what about the R2 Riz? That'd be the smaller Wang. Yeah. <laughs> That's too funny. Yes, yeah, so interesting. Uh, hopefully, they can f- stay afloat. I'm sure they will. You know, they're very popular. Yeah. They they still sell, and they're good looking vehicles. Why are these uh, not in Australia? Well, good question. Why aren't these in Australia? Um, some of our viewers have actually asked the question, and I think they've sort of said on X, "Stay tuned" or something along those lines. But it's not something that's sort of set in stone. Um, I guess they need they need to make their manufacturing plant. They're still waiting to make their purpose built facility. Um, can't remember which state it was in. There was they had a bit of an issue with the state government originally offering lots of tax breaks and then not offering much. And they're just getting their production facility up and running. And I, I guess you know maybe money will solve those problems for them, but. It just, yeah, they can't get the new platform here quick enough. And Elliot, we sort of speak about this from a Polestar point of view. Polestar, you know, should have bought the SUV sooner mm. because that's what the market wants. Mm. Yep. Yeah, uh, so Charles, yes, makes a good point. They were testing some Rivians, I think, by some of the mining companies here in Australia. Um. And Scott wants you to join Rivian Riz. Um, huh. He likes the big wang. And Goat Farts did not need the hand gestures. That's okay. Um, and Tim wants to drive a wang. That's okay. That's whatever you want to do in 2024. It's all good with me. Um, Kangaroo says, not long till BYD and Hyundai will be making pickup trucks. I agree. Mm. Yep. Especially Hyundai. I think watch out for that one. I think having been on the track today, I can see they're serious about EVs, which is good. You don't get Hyundai's in China very much, do you, Elliot? No, we don't get any of those Kias or Hyundai's that you guys get. So um, mm. I'm quite jealous, actually. Mm. We get the ICE ones. There's a Hyundai Elantra N, which looks spectacular, but it is an ICE car, mm. but not selling very many. A cyber EV says, now, Elliot, correct me. I think it's it's probably Huang, right, which is which is king yeah. in Chinese. Yeah, That's right, yeah. So it's just lost in translation, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, Wang's got a different very me- different meaning in the West. Yes. All right, gents. Well, that might be it for tonight. On that note, um, thank you so much, Elliot, for joining us on Ludicrous Feed Live. 
thank you delight to be here again i love love coming here and chatting to you guys and the audience so thank you uh, we love having you too so thanks again we'll definitely have have you back very very soon riz thanks once again for coming on the show providing us with your insights always happy to be on and you know always honored when Elliot, you know makes his way onto the show as well and um looking forward to our big everything electric in 2025 in sydney in march that's right. We'll only get bigger and better. And uh, yeah, if you're in the UK, I guess uh, Everything Electric, uh, three locations this year in the UK, including London for the first time. So Elliot will be there. Uh, go ask for a selfie autograph. He'll be more than willing to <laughs> sign it for you. Take a photo, I'm sure. Um, oh, here's go. Tim asks, I wonder if Tom Marie's will go to a Chinese motor show. Well, anything's possible. Yeah. That's, yep. We'll see. All right. Well, thanks, everyone. Um, and we shall see you. Me and Riz will see you, hopefully, Raul, next week on the show. Next, It'll be March by then, um, and we'll have Elliot back on another day. So thanks, Elliot. Thank you, Riz. Thanks, everyone. And as always, uh, happy charging. Thanks. <laughs>